With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to South Africa on 99.94 Cricket Every Day. I'm Neil Manthorpe. I'm one half of uh, the South African team. Langani Zama is my co-host. South Africa on 99.94 is your new home for South African cricket content. We'll be dropping into your podcast feeds um, as regularly as we possibly can, at least uh, twice a week. You can find us on YouTube or on 99.94, the app, several times every week, as I said. So please rate, review and subscribe. And if you get a chance, do check out the Mitch Johnson show where the former Aussie Quick uh, talks about his life and cricket. Uh, You can find it wherever you uh, listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. So thanks for joining the conversation. Today, Zams and I are going to be talking about uh, South Africa's start Wet, damp start, not unfamiliar to uh, the T20 World Cup. Um, Zams, I'm sure that most of our listeners will know exactly what happened. If they didn't see it, they would have heard about it and read about it. Uh, The game reduced to to nine overs per side against Zimbabwe after a two and a half hour delay. And then South, South Africa falling 13 runs short. Well, The game was called off and they were 13 runs short. Um, They needed 13 runs from seven overs, as it turned out. Um, I mean, lots and lots of ifs, whys, buts and wherefores. Um, You know, was there time wasting? Um, Did the umpires not get the game on time? It doesn't matter, of course. And, you know, ever since sporting cliches um, became in vogue about 20 years ago, one of the first that young players were taught was control the controllables. So I'm sure that that'll be the talk in the in the South African camp. You know, they they won't be, um, they won't, they won't be investigating how they managed to to drop two points against Zimbabwe. What did you make of it all? It 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 baffles me how whenever a World Cup comes around. I mean, large parts of South Africa are currently experiencing almost a drought. Desperate, desperate, desperate for rain. Uh, there was a thunderstorm in Joburg last night, and people were celebrating. Not that there's a thunderstorm, but that finally the parched land is getting some respite. And and yet, the one place where we don't need rain, it buckets down for hours and hours and hours. It's 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 such a, a uniquely South African World Cup phenomenon. Hugely frustrating, obviously. Um, and And you wonder, you say control the controllables. The one controllable South Africans have never been able to control since readmission is their what seems like the curse when it comes to World Cups that matter, precipitation, and the subsequent pressure that comes from that. Um, I'm sure at least a few in the change will roll their eyes and go, here we go again. We've planned everything. We should beat Zimbabwe easily. We should get some confidence, get onto Bangladesh, and Mother Nature conspires against you. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. We're going to do a whole podcast on South Africa World Cups and rain um, three times, definitely. Um, 91, 
2003 and 2015, it affected their fate. But we'll do another whole podcast on that. Let's just talk about right now, the here and now. Let's let's control this controllable. <laughs> um, the South Africans um, are very good at conspiracy theories, aren't they? Um, and there's, you know, that oh, social media is a curse, but so many people have been saying, oh, funny how Australia and, and India... Um, and England weren't scheduled to play in Hobart where it rains all the time. <laughs> yeah, you you start dreaming them up. I mean, it wasn't, nothing was said about this months ago when the schedule came out. It was, oh, Hobart, lovely ground, place to dominate uh, whoever is the qualifier because it doesn't matter. It's just a qualifier. But, you know, as soon as that happens, then you go back two steps and, and, and forget the logic and say, of course, ICC planned for South Africa to to go to Hobart because they knew that on the 24th of October, precisely as they were supposed to play a key match, it would start raining. Of course they did. Um, I think the umpires did everything they possibly could. And I think they possibly went beyond um, what was reasonable. You know, Zimbabwe coach Dave Houghton afterwards said that uh, conditions were absolutely ridiculous. Um, And, uh, you know, they... They tried. Another um, myth to debunk here is that, you know, after the the second day, after the nine overs was reduced to seven overs, um, the ground was clear, conditions were not ideal, conditions were far from ideal, but, but everything was ready to go. And the umpires were standing there. They were out there ready to go. Um, and we're talking a five minute, it took five minutes before the umpires called the players onto the field. And of course, South Africa only needed five minutes. So they they would have won the game if they'd had that had those five minutes. Um, but <laughs> what people don't realise is that television pays the bills. It pays the bills of the umpires and the ground staff and the players, and you know ultimately us probably. Um, and if television television isn't ready to go, then the match doesn't go ahead. Yeah, you you do forget that. I actually had a, an interesting conversation with a media mogul who explained that for every major tournament. 90% of the income that's generated at all these major events is purely television. So it doesn't matter that it's sold out and it doesn't matter that everyone's drinking the same drink. The money that matters comes from the broadcaster. So if the broadcaster has has said, we are only starting in seven minutes, that's that's when you'll start. Otherwise, the bill that will be footed by the ICC will, you know, will be astronomical. Um, so, yeah, it is frustrating when you think you're desperate to get on, really, really desperate, but you, you know, it's like the safety checks that you do before an airplane takes off and you're desperate to get somewhere, you still have to go through it because you just can't start without it. And it feels like the most mind-numbing four minutes of your life going through yet another demonstration that you've seen it again and again and again, but you have to do it. And and, and it's unfortunate that it rears its head up when, when you need it most and you know that the storm is coming back um, and you're trying to sneak in, but you know that's they knew they they knew how much time they had, and and unfortunately you, you can't hurry you can't hurry things up to sort of suit this one particular circumstance, and it's unfortunate for South Africa, and I think Zimbabwe wanted to play as well. You know there was a great enthusiasm from both sides. It wasn't as if they were dragging their feet and really wasting time like they do in football. It's it was just one of those things that couldn't go any quicker and unfortunately um what would have been an interesting 
start to the tournament, you know, ended up with uh, Weather as the winner. Um, the irony is that um, if India win all of their remaining games, um, including against South Africa, and South Africa beat Pakistan, they could still qualify for the semi-finals with less points than they had last year when they missed out on the semi-finals. I mean, you know, fate is still very much in their hands, and that's what Mark Boucher said after the game. He said, you know, <laughs> we don't have a good record with rain, and him particularly bearing in mind 2003 but he said at least it happened in the first game and not the last this is true but you know the other thing that Barcher wouldn't have mentioned is the fact that the manner of Pakistan's loss to India would have riled them up significantly so that every other game that comes before then is in their mind just a, a speed hump on their mission to meet India again when it matters and beat them and 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 right the wrong of, the, of that opening game um you know, when we speculated just last week, we said that Pakistan may well beat India, and they nearly did. And in fact, Pakistan might beat everyone in the group. No one planned on Virat Kohli doing what he did. But the consequence of that is Pakistan are now desperate. And a desperate Pakistani team is, you know, is a, is a guilt-edged sword because they can play unbelievable cricket or they can do unbelievably crazy things like that happened in the final over. Uh, but that's what South Africa has now got to come up against. Uh, a Pakistan team with their backs against the wall that feels as if, you know, there's conspiracy. You think South Africa has got conspiracy theories. You can imagine Pakistan, especially when they get beaten by India in controversial circumstances. So there's, you know, that game has become a lot harder. But if South Africa do win it, of course, fate is in their own hands. There's, there's still time. Um, but that Pakistan game has now become a, a lot, lot harder. OK, we'll take a short break. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk more about South Africa's wet opening against Zimbabwe. You're listening to Cricket's Conversation on 99.94. Whatever your team, we have the show for you on podcast, YouTube or on the 99.94 app. We have India, England, South Africa, West Indies and now Sri Lanka covered. If you want to find us, the best way is to follow us on social media at 9994DM by downloading the 9994 app or Google 99.94 on podcast. We speak cricket. Uh, Sam, so we ought to mention um, what went right. Uh, and I know that uh, it was only Zimbabwe, um, but, um, and I, I mean absolutely no disrespect there whatsoever, but Tell you what, there was some really good bowling. I mean, to you know, to keep restrict any team to to seventy nine runs in in nine overs when they know they've only got nine overs. So yeah, you know, Wayne Parnell two overs for six um, at the at the um, at the top end, and and how about Anrich Norkia? I mean, overall, uh, and we saw this in the warm up game against New Zealand as well when they were bowled out for ninety eight. South Africa's attack is very much at home and very dangerous in Australian conditions. Yeah, they look sharp. They, you know, they, they, they really look sharp. Um, and that's, that's encouraging for bigger assignments, so to say. And, and, and as you keep saying, you know, the, the shorter the format, the, the more the game brings the possibility of an upset. And goodness, we've already seen a couple of results in the early stages of this T20 World Cup that, you know, these minnows are, are, are minnows no more. They're, you know, they're here to compete. Zimbabwe, as soon as they heard nine overs, would have been thinking, 
We just need a couple of really big overs that sort of go for 15 and 20 and really put South Africa under pressure. Um, so to see the control that Wayne Parnell exerted up front is encouraging. Um, like you say, Nokia, even Giddy, they're bold with an intensity um, and a precision, which, you know, if, if, if they take that through the tournament, um, South Africa will be a difficult team to play against because it's, it's kind of relentless. So that was encouraging. What did you think when um, Tamba Bavuma opened the batting? Actually, let me, I, I, I want to give my opinion first. I thought I was fully expecting him, even though it was nine overs, I fully expected him to open the batting and I hoped that he would as well because um, so much of of professional sport is about the image that you portray. And we talk a lot about substance and, and, you know, it's easy to say that uh, the image you portray is nothing. It's uh, it's all about substance. But um, for him to be seen in the first game against Zimbabwe to be taking a backward step, which is is what it would, given his circumstance. I mean, if if he was in fabulous form um, and scoring loads of, of runs then and then he had sent Stubbs or, or Rousseau out to, to open you'd have said what a fantastic magnanimous team gesture but given the current circumstances I'm really glad that he didn't take a step back yeah I I didn't expect any difference um, I think it would have just spoken of panic and pressure and and everything else um, which which then raises more questions you know you, 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 you've been backed. Your selectors backed you. Your coaches backed you. You back yourself. Um, that's your job. You picked as an opener, and you know there've been long, long discussions saying the only place to play is as an opener. So if you suddenly change that, then you really open up the possibility of actually why why are you in the team then if you can just float? So I I, I wasn't surprised, um, and I think it's unfortunate that he basically became a spectator because Quentin de Kock decided to, you know, go ballistic. <laughs> so there's 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 nothing to be said about Temba's performance because there was almost a non-performance because Quinny just took the lion's share and, and, and very nearly took South Africa home. Um, so I don't expect that team to change or the order to change against Bangladesh either. Um, you, you you look at it and, he, and he's probably trusting himself to to turn the corner uh, when he gets a proper opportunity to do so, and, and Zimbabwe just unfortunately wasn't. Uh, I'm sure he looked at it as a pot, as a possible real confidence booster, um, but he's going to have to wait and, and, and do it again on, on Thursday. Um, do you see the similarity between uh, Temba and Kane Williamson's situation? There is a bit, but Kane Williamson has got considerably more stock in the bank. That's the difference. I mean, there's... There's no outcry in New Zealand about Kane Williamson's tempo because, you know, and, for, and this is the thing, when, when someone has gone down a well-trodden path, experience buys you, you know, time. And, and, and time in T20, in any form of cricket, time is everything. Uh, you know, Kane Williamson, you, you could rattle off a dozen key performances when he played what we all deem normal cricket in abnormal circumstances and at the end kicks in and looks like a hero because he's timed it so perfectly. I mean, 2019 World Cup, the chase against South Africa at Edgbaston, magnificent innings under huge pressure. And you looked at it and you thought New Zealand have exactly who they need in this situation. And he won the game for them and he essentially kicked South Africa out the World Cup. So he's got that in the bank and he can always refer to it. And if people talk about his tempo, 
you can look at it and say, don't look at my numbers, look at the number of games I've influenced. Um, you know, that's what international experience of, of that magnitude buys you. Timber's got some experience, but internationally, obviously, especially in limited overs, especially in chases, we haven't seen enough of that to be as comf- comfortable, perhaps. But, you know, there's similarities in the way that they play. There's similarities in the roles that they, they hold within their team and the amount of influence. Um, but I think that the sleepless nights are more on Temba Bavuma's side than Kane Williamson's, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, okay, so it's been a, um, a pretty damp start for the pro-tiers, but it's been a pretty good tournament for some other South Africans. Devin Conway, Curtis Kampfer, making magnificent unbeaten half-centuries. I mean, they were both brilliant innings. And um, and Colin Ackerman and David Visa almost getting the Netherlands and, and uh, Namibia over the line. Um, we were talking about the depth of, uh, of South African cricket and, and being a net exporter of cricketers. It's yet another World Cup where we can, if we if we don't if we can't look at the South African team, we can look at South Africans elsewhere. Yeah, there's no shortage, uh, and, and and like we keep saying, it, it, it is so refreshing to see um, because we know you know, each and every one of those circumstances, why they've gone and played where they've played. And it's good to see, you know, Devin Conway, everyone keeps on waiting for the honeymoon phase to be over. But, <laughs> you know, it's not it's not a honeymoon phase. The guy can play. Um, he's figured it out, you know. He's, he's, he's really worked out his game and can make a double hundred at test cricket and, and come and make a, a blitz of a 50 like he did. Um, and it's just shifting through the gears. So it's it's, it's exciting. It's exciting to see and, 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 you know, like we keep saying, there should be a sense of South African pride because these are, you know, a lot of these guys came through the system. Maybe they weren't ready to, to then take the, the, you know, all that labor and put it to use for South Africa. But they came through the system. They learned cricket in a unique environment. And, and to see them at least playing on the international stage for somebody is, is heartening because you don't want to lose... Um, unique talents like that and, and, and you know good luck to them and well maybe not so much good luck if they run into South Africa but generally good luck to them and, 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 and long may they keep the flag flying. You make a very good point about Devon Conway and I think that um, I was amongst those who was guilty of uh, if not waiting for the honeymoon to end I, I did think oh he'll be found out um, you know give, give it a year um, at international cricket, and he'll be worked out, and 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 it's not it's not not a question of bowlers and and fielders and captains and tacticians not working him out. I think he's just getting better. I think he's staying ahead of the game, isn't he? He's got his dream job. It's it's something that he's had on his mind since even before he finished high school. I would like to play cricket for a living, make runs to make rands, which have now turned into New Zealand dollars. But that's what I want to do with my life. And it was very nearly taken away. And he was considering, what did he say? It was either going to be working in construction or, you know, like a a bin man. And that's not to to dismiss anybody who does an honest day's work as a bin man. But when you're blessed with that talent and you know, and the issue in your career has been the mental block, which means you get to 30 looking like it's easy and then the next 70 feel boring. So you give it away with a stupid shot because of a you know, momentary lapse. He's taken away those momentary lapses of concentration because he, 
you know, he's figured out this is a job and I'm good enough to do it. I've done it around the world. Uh, I've got Kane Williamson, one of the greatest players ever, telling me how wonderful I am for the team. I've got a whole New Zealand culture saying, thank goodness this guy came when he came. You're the man. So it's taken away all of the insecurity. It's taken away so much. And it's just made him accountable, not just to himself, but to a team that expects him because they say you one of the best ball strikers in this team. So we want you to do a job and he's doing it. And it's it's it, it, it's wonderful to see people's dreams come true, um, even if it's a bit later than you know they might have thought because at least they figured it out and they're not looking back at as a 50-year-old saying, I had the prettiest cover drive in Peter Marisburg. Yeah, you did. But now you've gone and done it at Lords and now you're doing it at World Cup and, and you're doing it. People can say he actually, at one stage in Marisburg, he used to dominate the same way in club cricket that he's now doing internationally. And that's awesome. Okay, we'll take another short break and uh, we'll be back um, to talk about what lies ahead for South Africa and also a look at uh, what's happened in the tournament so far. If you love the language of cricket and want more, then head over to the 99.94 app and you can hear all of our podcasts and cricket commentary. We're adding new shows all the time and covering cricket series from all over the world. Be the first to hear all of our announcements by following us on social media at 9994DM. Welcome to Cricket's Conversation. Okay, so it's Bangladesh next. Um, It's at the SCG, as we know, that offers um, some turn and uh, and it has done already, actually, in the the games that have been played at the SCG. it was a bit, uh, um, well, it'll favour Bangladesh's spinners. Um, the question is, do South Africa absolutely um, at all stages think, we just get the win, just get some, 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 you know, get some win points on the board and, and, and forget net run rate? It's too early to think about that. Is it, is it too early to think about that? Because I know that other teams are thinking about it. Oh, by the way, there's a 70% chance of rain on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the thing. The rain is going to follow them around now. You know, never mind net run rate. You, you're more worried about the weather. But this game has always been one that stood out for its potential for an upset. And that was before you figured that the Zimbabwe game would be a no result. So they, there's even more pressure and there's even more freedom for Bangladesh to play with. A lot of pressure on South Africa because they they haven't got out the blocks yet, and Bangladesh will will see favourable conditions. We'll see a South African team that feels the need to get going into the tournament, and they haven't yet, and that that anxiety doesn't help. Um, and 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 Bangladesh will look back and say, "We've just beaten them in their own backyard." There's no fear. You know, it was a surprise when they won in 2019, but since then, that win and the manner of it has given Bangladesh a you know, renewed belief, maybe not against everyone, but certainly when they play South Africa, especially on neutral ground, there is no fear. Um, so it's, it's a really dangerous game for South Africa. And if they can be as ruthless as they can be and, and the weather permitting, get over the line, I think it'll be a, a massive confidence booster for them to say there's, there's pressure here. Every game has suddenly kind of become a bit of a must win like they played in the last World Cup. But this is a tricky team in conditions that will help uh, and encourage a lot more of their players. So it's, it's a massive game for South Africa. Um, has the thought occurred to you that 
history may repeat itself. Um, just going back to this net run rate thing, because the last game of the group is against the Netherlands. Um, <laughs> you can see a situation where South Africa has to chase whatever it is down in sort of 15.2 overs. They've been there before. Yeah, I think you can't not, especially when it starts raining like it has and, and the group looks like it's going to be tight. It probably will come down to, to how how much they beat the Netherlands by. But the only way you do that is to make sure that, first and foremost, you beat the teams in front of you to get yourself in a position where you can start doing calculations. I think the danger of trying to do calculations ahead and trying to be too cute can derail you sometimes because you're trying to win so emphatically in this game that everyone plays loosely. Um, like we saw in the last World Cup when there was almost a banana slip. So it's it's still important to do the basics and win. You can't control the weather. And if, if South Africa lose two games to rain and get knocked out of the competition on run rate, there's not really... You said control the controllables. You cannot control rain ruining two matches that you thought you had a really good chance of winning. That's just pure South African luck. Um, so they they can't lean so heavily and say, oh my goodness, we now have to desperately chase the run rate and get ahead of it because this one game against Zimbabwe cost us. You can't do it. You, you can't change what happened yesterday, but you can set yourself up for what happens in the rest of the tournament, weather permitting. And final thoughts on the tournament so far? The the preliminary group was, was excellent. Um, I mean, I, I still sort of digesting the fact that uh, the West Indies lost to Scotland and Ireland and that they're not in the main draw. But um, it is, uh, I don't know whether it's just because I didn't maybe pay as much attention to the the first seven T20 World Cups, but um, this one has made a cracking start, hasn't it? It has, it has. And and, I mean, we said when when Namibia had won, um, we'd said that there looks to be the potential of others emulating them and their win over Sri Lanka just because, you know, they've improved. They've improved. And any one of the so-called traditional superpowers who sort of in third gear and starting slowly, are they're vulnerable because, you know, all these smaller teams are well-coached, highly motivated, and, 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 and they know what they need to do. They've only got a couple of what you would call elite players, but that's all you need. Everyone else rallies around them and just scurries for everything. You can see the energy in the field. You you, you can see the freedom that's been given to some of these players um, when they go out into the middle and, and, and bash the ball. It's, you know, this this is the World Cup. It, it doesn't get better than this. And whoever's standing in your way actually doesn't matter. Like you, you're playing in a World Cup, um, something that most of them just never figured would happen. So it's... It's wonderful to see, and and if you lack motivation as a big team, you're going to find yourself behind the eight ball very quickly, and and it's hard, to, and 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 you can see because of these big stadiums that they're playing in, the neutral Aussie fan is backing the minnow because it's a romantic cricket story, and you can hear the crowd change as they realise that here comes another upset, because it's fun to take the Mickey out of somebody that you thought was supposed to win a big game. And now suddenly here's West Indies getting beaten, not just by Scotland, but by Ireland as well. It's good for the game. Um, and as a neutral, it, it, it's, it's awesome to watch because it keeps on reinforcing the message that, you know, you should be casting the net wider and giving more teams the tools to get better and then to come and compete. And 
give us the surprises that, that make us keep wanting to watch sport. Thanks for listening to South Africa on 99.94, where we speak cricket every day. Please rate, review and subscribe wherever uh, you enjoy your podcasts. It certainly uh, gives us a welcome boost. Um, You can download the 99.94 app and follow us on Twitter at Neil Manthorpe and at Wamzam17. So never miss out. Join our 24-7 conversation on social media and follow us at (laughs) 9994DM. Cricket every day, your way. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you.